Forty going on fourteen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forty Going on Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel, and I'm Josh. And here we are for another October, kicking it off with Hocus Pocus, where the greatest trick the Sanderson sisters picked was changing Sarah Jessica Parker from a horse into an attractive human woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boo! Yeah. Ooh, I like Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, you like horses, too. Well, that's true. So there you go. But yes, this week we are going over Hocus Pocus back in 93 to Hocus Pocus 2022. The sequel, Hocus Pocus 2. That's going to be great. That's, that's very convincing. I'm looking, that's a, I'm looking forward to this. Yep. Well, I mean, it's worth saying that Hocus Pocus, I think, was sort of like, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but it, it seems like it was the beloved children's movie of people who are like 10 years younger than we were. For sure. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of love for this movie out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why we decided to do the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you like to get in touch with us and give us a shout out, you can call us at 708 now wrap that's 708-669-9727 you can also join the conversation on discord by clicking the join link in the show notes and we've had a lot of cool conversation on uh, our discord channel in fact we last night we had the you can only bring four disney princesses into the dungeon to kill a big bad evil guy which four do you go with conversation yeah i'm pretty sure i solved that one there's a lot of a lot of talk we had a, a discussion and argument at the day, at the uh, breakfast table this morning because one of my children said that uh, Kita was not a Disney princess. She's in the image. And she's literally royalty of Atlantis. Yep. In a Disney movie. So, yep. Um, and, and she's in. You guys have mentioned all kinds of names in this debate. I don't know. So that's why I have, a, I have abstained. Got it. Respect. I've, reali- I've realized in this conversation how many Disney movies I haven't seen. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch. But yeah, so join us on Discord, and you also get a cool conversation and chat about new shows and throwing new ideas and spoilers. We also have a, a channel just for trivia and general knowledge. Yeah. Every now and then people pop in there just to say something they learned. Yep. But in the meantime, we have any listener feedback? I didn't get anything on emails or anything this week, but how about you, Josh? Any voicemail? I don't think we've had a new voicemail in a little bit, so... People need to get on that. Yes, please leave us a voicemail. Tell us you something. <laughs> Tell us you. Tell us that you called. Well, yes. spoken, Joel. Uh, the voicemail line. Patrick, you should have gotten a text from the voicemail line. Did that happen? Yes. Okay, good. I forgot to follow <laughs> up with you. Because, yeah, if, if I'd forgotten about that and Google had shut down the voicemail line, that would be a reason we weren't getting voicemails. But that did not happen. Mm. Yeah, so I guess in the meantime, it just uh, it's about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And voicemails. <laughs> All right. This week we're going with July 16th, 1993, the release of the first Hocus Pocus. Poof. What do you need? All right. So uh, the number one song in the land for music was Week by SWV. I still don't know who that is or what that song is. SWV was Sisters with Voices. Uh, Still don't know. Do you know that song, Josh? I don't remember Week very well. Uh, Like, I'm pretty sure I've heard it. It might be the one that's like, I get so weak in the knees. Is that that? It got too weak. Yeah, I got too weak. Whatever. It is definitely not that. That's creepy. Okay. Oh, yeah. I actually do know this song. Yeah. Well, all right. honestly i i'm guessing like unless you guys were totally tuned out of early uh 90s pop and r&b you guys have actually all probably heard this song the answer is yes maybe yeah this is one of those like even if you didn't listen to like your b96 pop station if you existed in a restaurant in some part of 1992 you probably heard this song okay Interesting. Then yes, probably do know it. I'll have to check it out at some point and see if I do. Uh, so Richard Edward T. was an American pianist, studio musician, singer, and arranger who had several hundred studio credits and played on such notable hits as In Your Eyes, Slip Sliding Away, Just the Two of Us, Cracker Box Palace, and the acronym of the week, T-H-A-I. I'm pretty sure that stands for Tanya Harding, Ankle Inspector. 
<laughs> wow. Nice. Why is that not in an asylum movie already? And she enforces laws with a crowbar. That that was not the pull I was expecting from that. No. <laughs> Usually there's cocks or balls or second. Well, that's what you know, they assaulted Katarina Witt. With, or not Katarina Witt. Um, uh, oh, shit. What was her name? Nancy Kerrigan. There you go, Nancy Kerrigan. Thank you. Speaking of horse faces. He's not wrong. Yep. So is that, what is, is, that right, is that right, Pat? No, I'm sorry. No, that is, of course, um, the song that I can't remember off the top of my head. So now I have to walk over to the computer and look it up. It's in this show. Now. Tell her about it. Okay. Well, I wasn't standing at the computer. Sorry. No. Yeah. Uh, tell her about it by Billy Joel. The- I forgot you got blue teeth. Uh, among many others. T played with a diverse range of artists during his career, including Paul Simon, Carly Simon, the Bee Gees, Barbara Streisand, Roberta Flack, Aretha Franklin, George Harrison, Diana Ross, the Allman Brothers, Quincy Jones, Bill Withers, Art Garfungal, Nina Simone, Juice Newton, Billy Joel, Etta James, Grover Washington Jr., Eric Clapton, Kenny Loggins, Lou Rawls, Peter Gabriel, Joe Cocker, Chuck Mangione, Mariah Carey, Chaka Khan, and countless others. He died of prostate cancer and apparently from working from too many artists on July 21st. And believe it or not, that is a... That is a Shaka cold Khan. list. I cut like 12 Shaka names Khan. out of that list. That's how impressive that guy's career was. Well, he worked with Shaka Khan. So that- I shut up. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> Dude, why didn't Shaka Khan and Chuck Mangione ever work together? <laughs> it feels so good. I'm Shaka Khan. <laughs> that is an incredible list. Right? Yeah, that's an amazing amount of people there. That's pretty much a cross-section of a lot of important artists for several generations. Like like I wow. said, yeah, that that's I mean, after calling about twelve names, that's still the list that's left. And I thought you were just doing it just to make me, you know, rattle off as many names as possible. <laughs> I'm halfway expecting you just put in the uh, what's that? That everyone gift, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> he worked with uh, everyone. Everyone, everyone. William Stanley Harvey was an American graphic designer and art director responsible for the design of Elektra Records logos and many of its album covers between the 1950s and the 1970s, including those by Love, The Doors, MC5, The Stooges, Judy Collins, Tim Buckley, and others. He died July 15th and was absorbed. See there, he said, and others. And more. He he, he was kind enough to not have me read... Take a deep breath. Well, that list did not need to be cold. So. Prudencio Maria, I'm sorry, Prudencio Mario Bauza Cardenas was an Afro-Cuban jazz, Latin, and jazz musician. He was among the first to introduce Cuban music to the United States by bringing Cuban musical styles to the New York City jazz scene. While Cuban bands had had popular jazz tunes in the repertoire for years, Bauza's composition Tanga was the first piece to blend jazz harmony and arranging technique with jazz soloists and Afro-Cuban rhythms. It is considered the first true Afro-Cuban jazz or Latin jazz tune. Tanga was followed by Cubop, City, and Mambo N. He died on July 11th and was absorbed. So there's two people now that have died. We don't know how they died. Did they just like natural causes? Or did yeah, they get exploded? I mean, they're, they're, I couldn't find any entries on how they died so just they did not they, they it is died. to death <laughs> well the, and yeah it looks like mo the other two that didn't have the death by cancer were pretty old people so that makes sense it is natural causes too much mambo, mambo uh, number yeah. four <laughs> you go past mambo number five and you're in the danger zone <laughs> lou Vegas wanted no one goes full mambo Talk to that one guy and all those ladies. I think they're responsible. All right. Um, With that, we will move on to movies. The number one movie in the land was The Firm, starring Tom Cruise, Gene Triplehorn, Gene Hackman, Ed Harris, Holly Hunter, Wilford Brimley, Hal Holbrook, David Strahan, and Gary Busey. The film is based on the novel by John Grisham, which is indistinguishable from all of the other novels by John Grisham. Welcome to Court by John Grisham. <laughs> court 2, even quarter. If this is all about court, why are they always running? There's a lot of running in their novel. Is it? It's true. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Cool. All right. Jurassic Park opened in Mexico and the United Kingdom on July 16th and in Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan the following day, setting opening records in each market. Speaking they mean the movie, John. not the park. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Huh. Was that, that definitely? Hmm. 
No, that no. is um Oh no, Michael Crichton. Sorry. Yeah. John Grisham to Jurassic Park. The dinosaurs go to court. It's like a velociraptor yeah. with a with a like a notebook. Dinosaurs like, in, in court, yeah. We want the right to live. Stenographer's like, I can't type, I only have claws. Yeah, yeah big old T-Rex is trying to trying to be a stenographer. He's like, <laughs> if the dinosaur is a shady lawyer, it might be John Grisham. <laughs> but the court artist is ha- court, you know, artist is having a good time because they're getting to draw dinosaurs all day. All right. Yeah. On July 14th, Bobby Kent, a 20-year-old man, was murdered by seven people, including his best friend, for his emotional, physical, and sexual abuse of them for years. The murder was adapted into the 2001 film Bully, directed by Larry Clark and starring Brad Renfro, Bijou Phillips, Rachel Minor, and Nick Stahl. And John Grisham. Wow. It's like a, it's yeah, like a real life I was talking uh, about Agatha Christie. <laughs> that, yeah, right? Yeah, that I went down the rabbit hole and read all about this and everything, and yeah, pretty messed up. That's pretty, crazy. pretty. All right, so TV top shows in the land were sixty minutes, Roseanne, Home Improvement, and Seinfeld. So that's very nice. Somebody make a popcorn. Yep. Uh, TV shows that debuted this week included Danger Theater, Wienerville, and oh. Politically Incorrect. I remember one of those shows. Yeah, what is Danger Theater or Wienerville? Wienerville was a show on Nickelodeon hosted by a guy who called himself James Wiener, set in a fictional Wiener town or Wienerville or whatever. Yeah, you're making this shit up. Nope. You're not making that up? I am not making that up. Sounds like a great idea for a children's show. I wonder why we haven't heard of it. <laughs> Danger yeah. Theater is an American half-hour comedy anthology series for television produced by Universal. Looks like... Uh, Diedrich Bader, Robert Vaughn, Adam West, we're all in it. Oh, that sounds... Ha- has promise. Yeah. Now that sounds better, yeah. All right, so Davis Roberts was an American character actor whose career spanned five decades. He started out making films in the 1940s and 50s and then expanded into television work in the following decades. Davis was known for his dignified portrayals, which were often in contrast to prevailing stereotypical roles. He played the role of Dr. Caldwell in three episodes and in the second and third seasons of Sanford and Son, and Dr. Ozba in the 1968 episode The Empath in the original Star Trek series. He was an active off-screen as well, serving several terms on the Western Advisory Board for the Actors' Equity Association as one of the officers of Beverly Hills Hollywood branch of the NAACP. He helped present the first Image Awards in 1967. Davis died in the home of his brother Charles on July 18th of emphysema at the age of 76. Boy, if there's a guy who makes you feel you're not doing enough with your life, right? Yeah. Seriously. There are some seriously accomplished people whose names I did not know in this tweet. Well, that's yeah. what I do, educate. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what we say. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's what yeah. people that's what do learn things. First. <laughs> <laughs> it's not official, but I definitely learn, I learn stuff to you. Yeah. Moving on to <laughs> On July 16th against the New York Mets, Darren Lewis broke Don Demeter's all-time MLB record by playing his 267th consecutive game without an error. The streak continued until June 30th, 1994, when the Giants played the Montreal Expos. Lewis was charged with his first error in 392 Major League games in 938 chances when a ball hit by Cliff Floyd skipped under his glove. His record was later broken by the Atlanta Braves right fielder Nick Markakis on June 18th, 2015. Wow. Do you like less Kakis or more Kakis? Obviously more Kakis. I think I think like the nickname that uh oh god, what's his name would do that does all the sports nickname? That would be a good one for him. Nick Less or Markakis. Moving on. Glenn uh, Chapel. What? I was just Were you gonna uh, chastise me? Is that what's gonna happen? I wasn't chastising, I was giving you a pity laugh. Oh, oh. That's worse. I don't want your pity laugh. I'll chastise you if you like. It's a special thing. <laughs> I want to be chastised either. I'll pity chastise you. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Glenn Chapel is an English cricket coach and former cricketer. He's an all-rounder and represented the national team in an ODI as well as performing well for Lancashire over many years. He bowls right arm last, fast medium and is a right-handed batsman. With six first-class centuries to his name, Chapel shares with Mark Patini the record for fastest first-class century, 
scored against Glamorgan on July 15th of this week, coming off just 27 balls. He became the fifth player to score 7,000 runs and take 700 wickets for Lancashire. In 2012, he was named as one of Wisden's five cricketers of the year. Boy, Wisden is lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Ian Botham, a genuine all-rounder with 14 centuries and 383 wickets in test cricket, retired on July 16th. He remains well-known by his nickname, Beefy. At times controversial, he held a number of test cricket records and still holds the record for the highest number of wickets taken by an England bowler. Beefy. Good job, Beefy. Beefy Ian Botham. Short for sports this week, there's two crickets. Chirps, chirp. There were three, but I deleted one for not being interesting enough. A third oh. cricket? Yes. Huh? Well, there you go. Yeah, so that's it. Play us off, keyboard, Joel. All right. 1993. Hocus Pocus comes out. It is directed by Kenny Ortega, who is among this, has directed such things as the Descendants series of TV movies on Disney+. Plus which if you haven't seen those, actually, it's kind of interesting. It's like the kids of the evil characters from the Disney movies all go to high school together. Along with that, an episode of the Playboy Club back in 2011. Uh, He also did directed High School Musical 3. And in 2026, it's announced he's going to be directing another remake of Dirty Dancing. Oh, boy. Do we need another one? I don't know. Well, we is, don't need another one. We, this is, a, this is the summary on this one. Wait, wait, wait. Here's the summary. Madge flies to Peru for a vacation and meets alpaca farmer George. While Madge. the romance blossoms and the temperature soars in the South American heat, so does their love for the dance. Now they'll have the time of their lives oh, with alpacas, apparently. Uh, I'm busy. Oh, yeah. This is think, also... Hmm. I was going to say, I think if Kenny Ortega is a, a choreographer more than... I mean, just... From dance shows, he always seemed to be. I don't a think of Kenny Ortega. I didn't know he was a director. So this was. I, didn't know he, I don't know who he is. Is he a, is he a name? I've never honestly never heard of him. He directed this. <laughs> you missed that part. Well, beyond that, I'm saying that who is he? Like you're you're referencing like, like I should know who he is. You should. I'm not. He's he directed no, a I'm lot. Talking of, about Joel. Oh, he's famous. Joel said I only know him as a choreographer. I'm like, do I don't know him at all? That's all I'm saying. Like, how how do you even know him? Okay, before this, here's here you go, Pat. He did a lot of music videos. He was directed the Super Tramp My Kind of Lady music video. How about that? He worked a lot with uh, Paul Abdul, I believe, as well. Okay. Super Tramp, that is Mike's Achilles heel. That is 100%. I do not understand it whatsoever, but if you ask me if it, who played this, if it's Super Tramp, I will never get it, even if I'm literally holding the album in my hands. <laughs> so, moving on. David Kirshner. One of the writers on this one who has written such things as an American tale. Let's see, the page master and something called Puchinski, which is inter- sounds interesting, but I'm not going down that hole. Uh, Mick Garris wow. also did this story. He has done some writing for th- some horror stuff. So, Postmortem with Rick Garris is a TV show he's got, Fear Itself and Masters of Horror. Uh, he also did the writing for Critters 2. The main course and uh, batteries not included, believe it or not. I love Mick Garris. He's got a podcast uh, that is quite good. I thought he was more into dancing. No, that's Kenny Ortega, Mick Garris. Oh, okay. And then final, finally, Neil Cuthbert for the screenplay, who has done, ready for this, Patrick? One episode of St. Elsewhere, a bunch, something called Washington, and then in his movies, Return of the Swamp Thing, Hocus Pocus, Mystery Men. And Adventures of Pluto Nash. And then he retired. Go out on top, my man. <laughs> on top of what? A pile of shit? I mean, there's a lot of not great in the uh, film history of these people. Like, I, I, the only thing I remember of all of those films that were listed that I really liked, and I don't even think it was very good, was Batteries Not Included. Well, Batteries Not Included, I thought was all right. That was a, that was a Spielberg one, wasn't it? I enjoyed the hell out of it, but I don't think it's a spectacular movie. Oh, no. A, a lot of the films that you just mentioned across all of these people are ones that I specifically didn't care for. You, you're not a fan of Pluto Nash? No, not so much. Is anybody? I don't think no. Eddie Murphy's a fan of that. I literally was about to say that. Like, I, Even he is not a fan of this, that movie. Eddie Murphy's mom, maybe. 
Don't feel so bad. It's really very good. <laughs> All right. So some summary for then. 300 years ago, executed witches were... Oh, geez. Executed witches were executed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems kind of redundant. This was, Believe it or not, this is actually a lot better than the, uh, the official IMDb one. This is Steve Derby. So thanks, Steve. Uh, were executed in Salem, Massachusetts, and a boy who tried to stop the witches was turned into an immortal black cat. Now it's Halloween 1993, and the witches are accidentally brought back. This time, they've got until sunrise to achieve immortal life and have turned their wrath on trick-or-treaters, and it's up to a teenager, his kid sister, and his girlfriend, along with the 300-year-old cat to save the day. So yes. Yep. Makes it sound a lot more exciting. But we have Bette Midler as Winifred and those teeth. Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah, which brings up questions. <laughs> <laughs> if you just call her Sarah, she won't answer anything else. Uh, I sound like Kathy. Kind of about Tony Danza, who's the boss thing going on. Hey. <laughs> Kathy Najemi. Najimi. Najimi as Mary. Omri Katz as Max. Thora Birch, very young Thora Birch as Danny. Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson. Don't forget Sean Murray, you know, Agent Timothy McGee from NCIS as Binks the Cat. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. not his voice, I, but. I was glad to see Doug Jones. I mean, I talked about uh, Doug Jones in our character actor show, and I'm always pleased to see him, even though uh, you pretty much have to, like, wait to the credits to know it was him, since he's always in such heavy makeup. Yeah, he he did this. He's also done the um, crap. Pan's Labyrinth. He was a guy with the, hand, the eyes on his hands, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, if he, there's an iconic uh, character in makeup, it was probably him. Dude's got 171 credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anymore in this day and age, if it's if it's somebody that uh, is, is in complete makeup, it's probably him. Or yeah, especially we, if they're tall and thin, like he was right. the mouth of Sauron, yada. Yeah. Well, uh, coming up on his filmography, we've got uh, Nosferatu is in post-production right now. So that will be uh, a future show. So trivia. First off, the role of Max Dennison was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio. He turned it down to appear in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So I love seems, you, Gilbert. Seems to have worked out for him. Yeah, good career move there, man. Because we all know that... Uh, Critters 3 wasn't you know paying the bills. Well, Omri Katz is a name that just rolls off the tongue nowadays when you think about actors and actresses. You know, it's worked out well for him. Also on the Hocus Pocus 25th anniversary Halloween bash, Sarah Jessica Parker revealed that she actually ate the spider. Ew. So, eh. Like, really? Like, ate a spider? Ate, she actually ate the spider. Mm. Wow. Okay. I'll or somebody told her that she ate the spider, and she was like, oh, yeah, I guess I did that. Who knows? Ew. Uh, the film was released in July 1993 to take advantage of children being off from school during the summer. It also avoided competition with The Nightmare Before Christmas, Disney's other Halloween release that year. It may have also played some part of that. And the film grossed only $39,514,000 when it first released during that summer. Well, I got to believe that's a profit. It couldn't have cost $40 million to make. I would hope not, but those special effects of the explosion at the end. <laughs> well, I mean, you also have to figure production budget, uh, marketing, etc. Like forty million. Once you get past like the late eighties, is not that much for a film like grossing number. Today, it's considered a huge flop. Yeah. Can I add one more bit of trivia that I got uh, from a friend when we were eating uh, lunch with him on Sunday? That's nope. a huge fan. <laughs> uh, Sean Murray, who played Thackeray, aka Binks the Cat. Apparently, his voice didn't sound, it was too too street, I believe the word was, or too youth. So they had Jason Marsden, who's a well-known uh, voice actor, do the voice for him uh, because he sounded, he was able to do the, you know, the, the old accent that they needed to make the character sound more authentic. So his voice through the entire film is dubbed. So that bad actor was not only bad, I was going to say, like, I didn't care for his acting until he was actually the cat. So the bad acting was just him. Like it was not like he even did better as a cat because somebody else did that for him. So awesome. Great casting. Yep. They just, uh, he did a, he did the voice and uh, Sean did the, I was so yeah. glad to learn he was not going to be the, the protagonist for the whole movie. Cause during that whole intro, I was like, this kid is a horrible actor. <laughs> and Jason Marsden, I mean, he's got a pretty good, you know, he's Max from the goofy movie. He's in young justice, transformers, legend of Korra. I mean, the dude's like a pretty well-known 
voice actor. But at that point, uh, looks like it was pretty early on in his career. So, maybe. yeah, I'm trying to find out how much. I'm, oh, here we go. Box Box Office Mojo may have the uh, the cost of it. No, it only tells the uh, domestic take. Oh, opening weekend, it took eight million worldwide. Forty five. Sometimes IMDb will give you if you're looking for a uh, cost. They usually have that. Yeah, I'm um, not that interested. Budget twenty eight million estimated. Oh, okay. There so they go. made they made some money initially, but I mean, you look at it now, especially with the merchandising currently, it's just fucking off the charts how much shit they sell. Well, I mean, it's a good move that they put the put this out during the summer and not during Halloween to go up against uh, Nightmare, which right, you wouldn't one. even know this one. So, is this the first viewing for any of us? No, I thought it might be, but I've seen it once before. Patrick? Yes. Oh. Is this your first viewing? Yes. He I said, said yes. Yes. Oh. yes. Oh, I thought you were. All right. I'm guessing so, it's not yours, Mike. With uh, not, it's not my first, but it's definitely not like one that I've seen a bunch of times. Yeah. Same here. My kids were more into... Um, Halloween Town? Halloween Town. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be a divide. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. More into no, Halloween. I've heard of Halloween Town. What is that? Yeah. It's another Disney... Uh, Disney flick, um, okay. with a lot of spinoffs and sequels. Hmm, I've a never lot. heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-eight. There's a lot of like little subculture type things like that, you know, that I miss out on by not having kids. You know, that I just I don't have no idea that even exists. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween Town had um Debbie Reynolds playing the grandma who's a witch, and they have to like save the town from all the monsters type of thing. Hmm. Like almost like a R.L. Stein type of th- type type. Yeah, vibe. Yeah, leaned a little bit more R.L. Stein on that one. Hmm. But uh, I do have to say, you know, nothing better than a Disney movie starting off with murdering a child in the first five minutes, <laughs> as you do, as you do. Considering yeah. the behavior of most of the other children in the movie, it could have done with some more child murder. Well, she was the only here, one that exactly attached to. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, they mur- they murder the only nice kid in the whole place. Yeah, I. I uh, I remembered not liking this much and I, I was, I have softened towards it in the last 30 years. But uh, once I started watching it again today, actually uh, I remembered that, uh, that there's not much wrong with the Sanderson sisters. They're iconic. Uh, but th- like all of the protagonist kids aside from like Thora Birch uh, intensely annoying, badly acted. You've got the two like, Great value bulk and skull who are in the movie for <laughs> virtually no reason. Yes, the the super tropey bullies. Yeah. Uh yeah, the little sister's annoying. The main kid is annoying. Like I said, at least Thora Birch, like uh you could see why she was the one who was successful beyond the actresses who were the sisters who already had careers. Mm-hmm. Cause she actually had some charisma, but yeah, it was and she was the only character in the whole movie that had brains. Like everybody, right. like Max was just the worst protagonist ever because like every decision he made was horrible. Every action he had was ineffectual. I mean, he just like everything about him just. I mean, and he acted like so cocky about everything. I'm like, you're barely succeeding, and it's mainly by luck. He did it all for the nookie. Like setting off the sprinklers, you know. I thought it was a genius move until I realized, oh, they're not really affected by by water like, you know, the witch from from Wizard of Oz. It was just a bluff, you know. I was like, well, then that wasn't all that clever. You know, what if they just automatically were like, yeah, we don't care. It's water. It doesn't work, you know. Like, What if your bluff doesn't work? If if it had been real sprinkler water, I think that would have been more effective. Right, yeah. Like the kind you don't put your hand up and drink. Yeah, you don't don't put your open your mouth when that sprinkler water is going. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think it's one of the things uh, about the Sanderson sisters, though, is that they are easily tricked. That's like their whole deal. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, it helps for plot and, and just whatever reason. But yeah, you're, you're right about that, I guess. So, I, I, so oh. they, the, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's amazing you both waited the exact same amount of time. Oh, my God. All right. This is why we don't do, do this in person. I just, there'd be too much <laughs> shoulder punching going on. Um, Question I have. So you don't know where your kid is. You don't know where your son is. Why are you killing all three witches at the same time? Tell me where my son is or I'm going, we're all going to kill you. Not, you know what? You say, tell me where my son is. Nope. Kill the first one. Second one. You're going to tell me where my son is. Nope. Okay. Maybe by the third one, they'll pony up where, what happened to the kid. That just seemed kind of stupid to me. 
Well, it sounds more like you're ready for interrogation than anything. Why, do you know where my kid is? <laughs> I hope I do. I'll string you up right now, boy. Oh, so, why do you kill him? Second of all, when you get when it come to the current times, first off, what town is this much? I don't care if it's Salem. Salem, I think, would probably be the least enthusiastic about Halloween, considering everything that goes on. Everything that is so here. not true, having been to Salem. No, right? I know. But I mean, <laughs> my thing would be like, they're just sick of it. But if you're in a classroom and you spot up some random thing that everybody knows about Halloween, does the entire class applaud you? My time in Salem did not involve going to a school, so I cannot answer that. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, but I can say they say that there are five uh, five seasons in Salem. Uh, summer, fall, winter, spring, and October. Josh's Classroom Tour 98. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's somebody that, 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 that kind of comes, my family comes from a small town that is centered around one thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you either embrace it or you hate it. There's no in-between. Right. I mean, obviously, that's probably not the way it would happen in real life. But if there was something that they were going to clap for you about in Salem, Halloween would probably be it. Yeah, it's like the fish town. that All they do is uh, get shrimp. So everyone's all about shrimp all the time. Shrimp God. combo, barbecue <laughs> shrimp. The, the, town, the town in Italy that is so about tomatoes that every year they have a tomato throwing day. Because yeah. they, they grow all their tomatoes and they take the extra ones and... Instead of doing anything with them, they just throw them all over the town and each other. Yee. So Max, uh, well, people are weird. New, is new the LA guy tries to show off. Go on. No, yeah. I'm just trying to summarize. Max tries oh. to show off, gets his own number given back to him, which I thought was kind of a baller move. Oh yeah, that that was a, sm- a smooth move by her though to give his number yeah. back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. First off, don't touch any sheets or socks in this kid's room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, comes, that's true of any teenage boy, but you're right. Max in particular as well. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think any of his sheets should have been able to be folded at this point. I mean, it's like... Yeah, and definitely don't hide in his closet. What are you thinking? Yeah. But I will say, he had a pretty sweet room. Yeah, right? I, I like that little stairwell. The stairwell up top. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. So then... The stairwell to heaven. Sorry. Good. No. So the little sister... It comes into the picture right about now, and uh, she is instantly incredibly irritating. And remains that way. Yeah. For the entire movie. Along with her clueless brother. I kind of like her. I don't know why. Clueless horn dog brother. I'm sorry. When you, like, get your way by shrieking at the end of your first scene, I am fucking done with you as a character. Yeah, Yeah. that was was not very... uh, Just by the end of the movie, I kind of liked her. I didn't care for her at the beginning, for sure. Yeah, my my only reaction is if that had been a rea- the the screeching mom at that sort of point would just been well guess who's no- guess nobody's going trick or treat tonight guess who's man in the door that's not nice at all of course trick or treating was kind of chaotic in this town too I mean you got the group of bullies who are literally smashing pumpkins at the front doorsteps of people who are literally giving candy out right there in front of them and nothing is happening. I mean, yeah, this whole town has this weird relationship with Halloween. They they let that go on. As you pointed out, they're going they're so into Halloween that the teachers wear costumes and the kids clap when you talk about it. But a Halloween museum somehow failed. Right? Yeah. But, and who leaves product? Perfect Zippo lighters. <laughs> Which butane somehow. Yeah. That didn't, there's no way a Zippo lighter was still working. Mine won't work after three days if I don't forget, if I don't remember to relight it, refill it. You know, it's. But they were like all in the package. Like when you close a business, you don't do that. Right. You don't just lock the doors and walk out. Well, I guess we're done. We we failed. Let's get out of here. Close the door. Shut up. Let's go. They didn't lock the door. You didn't even take the money out of the register. Oh, yeah. Because we're closed. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what happens when you close. Uh, whose, whose idea was it to, uh, have the witches, you know, stay young by sucking kids off? I don't understand that. Um, all right, we're flagged now, but I I was going to say way back when, and now this is going to seem like a moot point. Whose idea was that? It was Jeffrey Epstein's idea. Oh, good call. Uh, I smell children. Um, the first time (laughs) I saw this, I was like, why is this so popular? The second time I saw it, I was like, okay, I guess, but I... I, I was a little surprised that the Sanderson sisters were the Sanderson sisters were the bad guys, 
um, because I didn't remember them being the bad guys the first time I saw it. And then when I watched it again, after now having dealt with a lot of people that really like it, I'm still kind of like, meh. But I didn't grow up with it like people did. So Right. And the character designs of each of the three witches, from their costuming to their unique physical appearances, they each got their clear own thing that they do as part of the coven. They're iconic, if nothing else. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're clearly hamming it up. They're having fun. The, the actors themselves, they're clearly, you know, chewing the scenery. They're, they're all, all three of them are just in they They didn't phone it in, but they didn't like give it like a, like an Oscar worthy performance They're You know, they just like, yeah, we're just going to ham it up. Fuck it. You, you know whatever. what they're acting as a group in this one, especially in the second one reminded me of Patrick um, from the original Pete's dragon when red skeleton and yeah, Rudy yeah. were in the cave together, hamming it yeah, up. It's being like drunk. Each, each trying to out vaudeville each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, they know they're in a Disney movie and that's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. this wasn't made for me. And I, uh, it's one of those things where I don't really enjoy it, but I can appreciate it for what it is. And I do have to give props for the character design on the three sisters. And Billy, with Billy Bones too. It's pretty yeah. good for the zombie. I liked his character yeah. with his mouth being such uh, stitched shut. Um, so actually some trivia on his costume that I didn't put in, but I probably should have now that I'm thinking about it. Wow. Uh, he actually had, um, a mouth prosthetic made up. So when they when he cut the strings off of his mouth and the the moths flew out, that wasn't effects or CGI. Those were actual moths. Uh, so he had like a sleeve in his mouth that went over his teeth that they put the moths in and a little hole in the back that he could blow out of. So when he cut the strings off of, he blew out of there and then the actual moths flew out of the Okay, mouth. Tony that's Todd. Awesome. That's that is a great I wonder how long he had to have that on. Like ugh. that's a great practical effect though. It right. really was, yeah. But I mean, they all have balls splitting around in your mouth. How I would feel like that. I mean, that's that's dedication. That's probably why he cut his mouth open so quick, right? Um, but then they had to like get him the hell off offset to get the thing out, so he would actually be able to talk. But but no, and the rules, rules, which rules on this one? They they can't stand on sacred ground, but they can hover above it, right? And if they do touch sacred ground, then they pull a wily coyote, and nothing happens to them until they notice that they're on sacred ground, and then they turn to stone. Or, or nothing happens to them until they get enough time to do a plot point, and then yeah, like you better hope you have a plot point that takes a long time. Yeah, when Beth Midler got on, when she was finally standing on the sacred ground, I was waiting for it, waiting for it, and she did just like she reminded me of wily coyote when he steps out out onto open space and he doesn't mm-hmm. fall until he notices. Yep. And Bette Midler was already stone. Why'd she have to blow up on top of that? Seems a little excessive. Well, that was the the stone was from being on sacred ground, and exploding was because of sunlight, uh, sunrise. And plus, it'd be hard to explain why you have like this weird ass you know statue of a witch like holding something that isn't there. Yep. No, I mean I, I would. But when did Billy get murdered? And did nobody notice? Because the Billy had to have gotten murdered before they started draining the kid. And God bless it. And what did nobody just notice that suddenly this kid disappeared? Don't you think the the town would have taken action on these three before then? I mean, we kind of get an answer to that. That we'll we'll circle back around to that for the uh, the second movie. Yeah, yeah. They fixed a couple timeline issues, I think, in the second one. Bus driver was a horn dog. <laughs> That's a sentence you utter very often. You wouldn't Bus think Trapper was a home you think, dog. You think it a lot, but you don't utter yeah. it. <laughs> What's that line? If I had a nickel for every time I said that, I'd only have two nickels, but it's still kind of weird that it happened twice. Right. <laughs> um, also, the dad's costume, was it just his pajamas wearing a, and he's wearing a cape? Pretty much. Okay. Wait. Well, the mom was Madonna with the cones on her boobs, but what was the dad? The dad I thought he was Dracula. Dad- 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 you remember? Dadula. Dad- oh. Dad- that's right. right. He was literally just wearing his pajamas under there. Dadula. Did like out of the ditches. And, sorry. What? Don't know if that was a reference. I mean, was there something going on in 93 about dad? He should have been, been a Hefula. Hefula. Oh, see, you know, I like it. In the early 90s, there was that big dad exploitation genre films. So, yeah, not that, wrong. that's it. What else do I got down here? Who was the cook? The lobster cameo? Because that guy was totally useless. I don't know. I was waiting for more of that more of when the guy came out to get the lobster 
because I've been so long since I've seen it. I was like, oh, now the lobster scene. Nope, now he's back in there. He just came out to get a lobster and left. I had forgotten that that was a thing until you mentioned it, and I literally just watched this movie like two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, see, I mean, you want cuts well, it cuts that could be taken out of the I movie. Have, I have no idea what you're talking about. It had such an effect on me. So. And yeah. the, the, the uh, two teens, Max and uh, what's-her-name, they get kind of comfy in bed once everything's over, don't they? Yeah. That's a little... Max. He probably did. Yeah, well, she was cute. Good job. Uh, I mean, he but didn't deserve her, so, you know, if you're hitting above your weight class, good for you. Do, do you guys, you, uh, do you not recognize her, the actress? No. Vanessa Shaw. She was in uh, 310 to Yuma. Um, most people think of her from The Hills Have Eyes. I thought you were uh, talking about Thora remake. Birch. No, <laughs> I thought he was talking about, he's talking about the girl that Max was talking about at. Allison yeah, and yeah. Max. Alice, yeah. Yeah. After they, after they throw the witches inside the kiln, which also brings up, if you can't kill them by burning them, what? What the hell? Yeah, why did it, they, they? They never really gave you an explanation. They just suddenly said, "Nope, we don't want to be burnt to death," and they just came back together. That kind of bothered me. Yeah, like I, don't I know. said, free and loose with all these rules, right? And there's got to—I mean, there's some established rules, of, like there is for vampires and mummies and Frankenstein's monster, or whatever that are, apply to witches, right? So, well, I, I think in this case, you've got a once the black flame candle is lit, they are alive until sunrise. Period. Like there's nothing you can do to them till sunrise, oh, unless okay. unless they brew the potion. Sunrise, no matter what, they're done. Interesting. Got it. Okay. 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 I, that makes sense then. So it's like they have a free ride to to do whatever for. They're, that so they're period. immortal for 24 hours, basically, more or less, right? Or yeah, like until saying. they until morning, basically, however many hours that is. Yeah. Okay. I get that now. All right. I accept they, your explanation. If they light the black candle at like 5.30 a.m., bad choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's bad news for the Sanderson sisters. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going to last long. You got enough time to watch one sitcom. What do you want to watch? Uh, my mother in the car. A bewitched. How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Ew, what a horrible choice. We're, we're witches. We don't know any better. Still standing. Ah. What's that one with the other Belushi? Oh, wait, that's still standing, isn't it? No, that's is the it? one with the dude from England, Mark something, and has to pretend he's American. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can't think of his name. He was in um, The Full Money. We have derailed, but horribly. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Max Sorry. likes your yabos. Mark but... Addy. Mark Addy. It just came to me. Sorry. Mark Addy. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yes. No, I just said, Max likes your yabos. <laughs> that was a funny scene. I mean, it went on like one line too long, but it was funny. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's kind of the the whole shtick for the whole movie. It was all right. Just went one line too long for everybody. Yeah, it was. I mean, but if if they had pulled everything back, maybe ten to twenty percent, it, it would have been a better movie. But they, they they weren't trying to make a good movie. They were just trying to make a fun movie for kids and preteens. Yeah, a summertime yeah. kids movie. Yeah, and that's on, what they did. I mean, obviously, because there's plenty of kids out there that love it. Yeah, yeah. They said nowadays, if you go to any any store, uh, especially Spirit Halloween, this time of year, it's, you know, a third of the store is, is Hocus Pocus stuff. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of these costumes, yeah. Oh, they got yeah. Hocus Pocus plushies at uh, Aldi, even. Yep, they got the, the, the Funko the Pops, they've got the the mugs, the, it's just every, it's, it just keeps getting bigger, it seems like, every year. And now they made a sequel, you know, yep. even more Left so, I'm sure. Last thing I will say, the animatronics on the eye were actually pretty good on the book. Yeah. yeah, for ninety three. Yeah, and the 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 cat effects were not bad either. When the, cat the explosion was not, there right. was one scene where the cat looked really bad. Yeah, there were a couple, but for the most part, not bad. No, it wasn't bad when it was reinflating under the bus. No, there there was one I think where they had to make the cat do an expression, and it literally looked like a bad prop. Hmm. Yeah. I, there was one time where it was distracting. It was so bad. I know the one. Yeah, I can't think of what. But I remember the moment. I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> like the effects on Sarah Jessica Parker. Like they just <laughs> totally didn't. She did not look real at all because she isn't. She's actually a Muppet. Oh, mm-hmm. explains a lot, doesn't it? Huh? She's so a horse Matthew, she's, she's actually Janice, all grown up. Who's she's Matthew Broderick married to then? A horse Muppet. Horse Muppet. Band name. You can have it. Oh, thank you. Now I need to learn to play an instrument. So thanks for that labor I have to do now. Horse pit. Horse pit? 
Horse right, we, no, horse whooping. Horse hunt. You can tell how much we want to talk about the sequel. By no, I think we're just talking. done talking about this movie. I mean, yeah. we pretty much said everything we can about it. It was it was made for who it was made for. They appreciate it. And we, you know, we don't necessarily hate it. We just don't appreciate it. Yep. Right. It is what it is. Yeah. So we'll be back in a bit. Talk about Hocus Pocus 2. The Hocus Harder. Even Hocuser. Focus your Hocus. All right, we are back. We're going to talk about Hocus Pocus 2. Just came out like last week. Yeah, came out uh, September 30th. So last Friday. This is directed by Ann Fletcher this time around, who did such stuff as 27 Dresses, Hot Pursuit, The Guilt Trip, The Proposal, and blah, a bunch of other something called Dumplin' too. What's that? Don't know Dumplin'. Jennifer Aniston and Danelle McDonald. Never even heard about this. Also written, I'll put all those other people from the previous one on that. And you've got written by Jen D'Angelo, who has on Happy Together, the TV series, some episodes of that, a bunch of episodes of Workaholics, and some Cougar Town and Young Rock. I don't know Young Rock. I don't either. But those other ones have pretty good reps. Right. Young Rock is exactly what you think it is. A look at the formative formative years of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That is not at all what I thought that was going to be. Literally not. That's literally. Huh. huh. Yeah. They have four different. They have so Dwayne it's not Johnson. Just a clever name then. <laughs> no, it's just exactly what it is. It's Dwayne Johnson at age 10, Dwayne Johnson age 15, Dwayne Johnson 18 to 20, and three different guys that play him. Dwayne Johnson age 74. And also some, oh, no, some, I thought it was the Iron Sheik. And I was like, man, he looks good. No, that's somebody playing the Iron Sheik. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Summary now. Two young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child-hungry witches from wreaking havoc on the world. There you go. We've got Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najami coming back as Winifred, Sarah, and Mary. Long adding on Whitney Peak as Becca, the protagonist, Belisa Escobedo as Izzy, Lilia Buckingham as Cassie, Froy Gutierrez as the clueless boyfriend Mike, Sam Richardson as Gilbert, who got away with way too much in this movie. Doug Jones comes back to play Billy Butcherson, and Tony Hale as Mayor and Reverend Trask. Buster, what are you doing? I was excited to see Tony Hale in this. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. When it, it took me a second to figure out who he was in the very beginning. when it came, Right? When he was dressed as the Puritan? Yeah. Same yeah. thing. I'm like, how do I know this dude? I was like, man, I know his voice, but what? What? Okay. Uh, so good on Doug Jones coming back to play Billy a little bit more this time around. So some trivia. During the scene where the mayor loses his place in line, a couple sitting on the bench are dressed as a devil and old lady with hair rollers. This is a callback to the original Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall roles when they played the unsuspecting married couple who hosts the sisters for an evening. I caught that, yeah. Yeah. Assuming most of you did. Or all of I you. missed it, actually. But oh. I watched these in reverse order. Ah. Oh, oh that'll, that'll yeah. On Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast, Doug Jones mentions the wig that he wears as Billy Butcherson is the same one that he wore in the first movie. Ew. Well, I'm sure it wasn't, like, buried. I'm sure they, you know, put it in a box somewhere, folded it, maybe. Ew. Had it on. Sorry, I have a thing against boxes. (laughs) He does. (laughs) All right. It's pretty weird. Uh, In the original film, Mary's mouth is crooked to the right. This time it's to the left. Uh, Kathy and Jami explained that this is because it was really hard for her to do it on the original side. So to explain it away, they had Winifred slap her in the face and her mouth moved to the other side. Right. So. Oh, okay. And, oh, I see, yeah. You didn't see that? Yeah. It was when, the, in the, when they very first got in, introduced. Yep. Well, like I said, I watched them in reverse order. So the fact that oh, yeah. sides didn't register. Oh, yep. Okay. So uh, obviously a first viewing for all of us. Yep. But uh, notice... <laughs> They have a little bit of backstory on this now. We have the witches as children, who instead of being child-eating monsters, are just misunderstood children, misunderstood sixteen-year-olds. I mean, they're still kind of monsters. Yeah, they're kind of terrible. At least Winifred is. Winifred, you know what she reminded me of when when she was walking through the town, knocking everybody out of the way. Um, 
that, that one uh, music video uh, where the guy's walking through the city and just plowing into everybody and knock. What what am I thinking of, Joel? I don't know. Tick tock, I can change, I can change. I don't even know. Why don't you? Oh, don't, Verve uh, Symphony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ver, oh, yeah, yeah. The Verve. Ver, yeah. The Verve. Uh, Something yeah. sweet. Verve Symphony. Symphony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what the thing it reminded me of. Also, Puritans are apparently afraid of spiders or weavers. I thought that was fucking hilarious. All of them. St- I agree. I, what did I have it written down? It was oh, oh I it's almost turned into a um a Monty Python sketch. Right? Yeah. Which is why we appreciated it, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. This one made me laugh. The scene yeah, it had some good moments in it, yeah. The the whole movie. And the acting chuckles. was better. They were, oh, they, were, they were still chewing up the scenery like nothing else. Mm-hmm. The protagonists were better. They weren't anywhere near as annoying. There were some issues with uh, some some of the phrasing that the the sisters use that isn't you know they wouldn't know having well, been you know well that was in the first one too I mean when she flies up next to the car and asks for his driver's permit yeah that's just they're not goes, big on historical accuracy for this yeah, no. franchise yeah you've got the tropes of adults are dumb going through the whole thing uh, Halloween Town no oh, what I wrote down Halloween Town that's a good Halloween movie um, <laughs> so the museum has now been changed to a magic shop after the events of 30 years ago. Slash occult library. Yeah. Slash the guy from Werewolves Within playing that, the shop owner. Were- Werewolves Within? What's that one? Yeah, the movie based on the video game. I've talked about it before as being uh, yeah. like Knives Out, but with the werewolves. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember you talking about that now. Really good movie. If you have, for those who have not seen it. It's been on my list for a long time. But yeah, you've seen him in this now, so now you're familiar with the actor Sam Richardson. He's 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 good. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, Kathy Najami, she's looking really good in this one. She's she's definitely my favorite sister. If I yeah. had to choose one of the three, do you, do you know what she uh, her famous most famous role is? By the way, Spe- she's a voice actress. No, it's a voice actress. She's Peggy Hill. Oh, oh, really? Yep. Did not know that. That's a good pull. Yep. Huh. Oh damn it! I know that's not Peggy, that. but yeah. but no, I think I th- I think out of the three sisters, she's my favorite. Also, she her little quips and her timing just really made me laugh more than once. Well, she and she's probably the most like evil of the three, but she's also kind of dim witted and slow, so she comes off as being kind of cute and kind of sweet. But in reality, is she's pretty friggin' dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite's probably Sarah. Yeah, and they also had to change the name of the high school. From whatever it was in the first one to Sam Skeleton High School, and their team mascot is the Puritans. You know, because yeah. that makes sense. That they just sit there and don't cheer. I don't know. <laughs> so initially, initially, I was like, he just accidentally crafted a black candle. I think old uh, Gilbert has a lot to answer for in this in this one. But by the end of it, they were just kind of like, "Oh, Gilbert, you will see you at the store tomorrow. Don't be releasing any demons now, silly Gilbert." Yeah. <laughs> Don't Which, be resurrecting any children eating demons. <laughs> incidentally, you guys watched the post credits or no? No, didn't realize that was a thing until you'd said it and wasn't going to go back. Oh, okay. Did it go further than be- them being in the studio? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, it did. They, uh, I mean, they essentially set it up for another movie. Okay. You know, because franchise, you know, why not? If they can get the, the, the three sisters back, but uh, mm. yeah. My my thing is Sarah Jessica Parker. Did she have an inordinate amount of like eye makeup on on this one? Because I my notes I have Sarah Jessica Parker as D Snyder. <laughs> I I definitely think they made her up heavy, but like that's the thing is like as a, I don't want to be gross about it. Her her character's whole thing is she's the seductive one. She's the one that draws people in. But as an actress, she's getting a little older, so they put her in very heavy makeup so she could still play that character. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, you could definitely tell that, that they had more of a budget this time around. Like well, the yeah. effects were much better. You know why? Because Walgreens paid so much for product placement in this movie. Jesus, right? They had Walgreens and yeah. Zippo. <laughs> Strange combination. I was like, you'd think maybe Roomba would get in on there with those stupid Roomba, uh, the two Roomba ones that are flying around. On, that I thought that was it. hilarious after I did too. I agree original, with that, that was, yeah. she had the vacuum cleaner mm-hmm. 
And they turned out to be plot relevant later. Right. I, I, also, thought it was, I thought it was the best part of the movie, honestly, that her, the first time she wrote it, I, I actually laughed. I was like, that's pretty funny. I also found the bit with uh, Alexa or whatever to be kind of comical, even though it's not maybe the first time you've seen that. It was still used appropriately and was pretty amusing. Yep. There was a lot of tropish stuff that was done not badly. It worked. In this movie. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, it, it worked. Um, and I, I have to say, I mean, not trying to give away anything since we're not quite there yet, but I, I, I found myself appreciating this one more, uh, maybe because the characters were established or something, maybe because it's a little newer. I don't know, but I definitely well, it, found it, it just seemed like it was handled with a much more deft hand in this one than, than it, it was a lot more sledgehammer to the face in the first one. And it was a lot more, uh, I don't know, a lot less. Well, uh, I think 93, aggressive. that was that was like the theme we're looking for something to make the kids in the in the theater laugh we just were aiming to make the kids laugh that's why it was you had super slap sticky you had the almost vaudevillian type of uh tripping over each other type of stuff and this one though i think this is kind of fallen to the same thing as they've done with like maleficent and uh what's her name with the with the 101 dalmatians uh, Cruella de Vil, where they're kind they're kind of like retconning the villains into they're not evil they're just misunderstood again they're just drawn yeah. that way. Yeah, they're just, you know, they're you're, they're just misunderstood. Well, they were eating children, so that's kind of a good check. And just like, you know, they're, she's going to skin puppies in the next movie, you know, so there's a little bit of evil there. But I think it, it falls into that. I don't know. They're, they're I don't know. I, I don't understand what Disney's doing with us with the villains I, aren't as bad as we had them in the first movies. Well, they, I don't think they're ever that bad. I mean, they're evil, but they're evil in a very Count Chocula sort of way. Like yeah. they talk about wanting to eat kids, but they're mostly funny and in the end, harmless because they're inept. Not harmless because they don't say they want to do these things, but they're so bad at being evil. Again, that's a Wile E. Coyote parable, a parallel. Yeah. And in both of them, there's a kids movie. I agree that while this was better directed and better paced, it did lose some of the low rent charm of the original. But I, I think it probably came out better in in the exchange. I mean, just not having the annoying Disney child protagonists is a huge upgrade. Yeah, for sure, hmm. for sure. I just have to say the thing. The one person who made me laugh the most in this one was Tony Hale. Right. He was very entertaining, and I think the what what line did I write? Then when he's complaining about not getting his candy apple, and uh-huh. he the whole the whole speech about this could be I had to get this from the drugstore where they had the lights off. This could be a, car, a chocolate coated matzo ball for all I know. <laughs> that actually made me laugh out loud. I didn't. I this one I just did not. I mean, not that the other one I laughed was rolling in the aisles either. But well, I think they they knew that they had a property that uh, was going to be hard to outdo the original in people's minds because it's so beloved that they they pushed just far enough to go a little beyond it but played it safe enough to stay within the realm of the original world they created and they took their time and uh, you know they were, they were smart enough not not to just rewrite and recycle the same old jokes like they did in the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie uh, it was never going to be like high art but i feel like they accomplished what i think they set out to do i don't know what you know uh the overall, let's see, with like people, most of the people I know that have seen it that like the original said they enjoyed it, but it looks like it's like 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. So that's not bad, hmm. you know, compared to it's, diff- it's different enough to be its own movie, but it's, you know, p- pulls a lot of the same types of strings. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to have to watch the original to catch up. <laughs> right. Right. 6.9 for the original. So <laughs> it's in that sweet spot for both. Book cover did look like the uh, poster from Jeepers Creepers, though. <laughs> Speaking of kids. But no, I mean, it is it is what it is. I think it's, again, a th- I don't say it, it's a kid's movie made to make the kids laugh. Kids are laughing at just different things now, which apparently they kids love Walgreens. And like, you know, the, the dialogue rang a little bit untrue for me. But then at one point I realized, well, you know, what? It, probably just because I don't hang around a lot of millennial kids. Like whenever I talk to Sophie, like a lot of times what she's saying, dude, I'm like, that doesn't sound like normal talk. I don't know what you're saying right now. Millennials <laughs> so, are 40, dude. Well, you know, I don't mean millennial. You know what I'm saying, dude? I'm like, I'm no. not, I'm I not know. the word out just to, but I'm, I'm just. It's saying. one of my pet peeves when people refer to people who are like 12. As well, I don't talk to whoever the current youth is, whatever the Sophie fucking term is, is for 19. them. I don't. 
I just using her as an example, like even a 19 year old, like I'm, I'm like, yeah, half the time I have no idea what you're talking about. Or what you're half trying the to time say. I don't know what the hell you're talking about either. So there you go. Oh, shut up! <laughs> it's not an attack on her. Don't you just calm down? I'm, no, I'm, I'm calm. <laughs> I'm calmer attack. than you are, man. I'm calmer than you are. Yeah, you know why? Because you're at a seven and I don't smoke. I'm calmer than you are. Here's a question. What's happening? Plot a plot hole question. So old, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, what is his face? Gilbert. Billy Butcher? No, Gilbert. Gilbert. Gilbert saw the explosion of the witches when it happened, blew up. Why was he not zombified and walking with the original? Why does, why did he not get the call type of thing? But every other kid in town was marching to the, to the, uh, witches to, uh, get eaten. Uh, what? I don't know. That's, I, that's my only plot hole. I have an answer for that. Yeah, I got nothing. Just, maybe he's deaf and he's not letting anybody know. That's why he didn't hear it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It it was weird that they kind of shoehorned him into the original movie, but I, it's fine. Like, I wasn't mad about it. And I think they were trying to connect the two and they didn't really have any other, outside of the sisters, they didn't have any other original characters. So they plugged him in to move it forward and maybe just figured nobody'd notice. I don't know. Maybe not everybody was affected because plot yeah i don't know yeah and i don't know if it was a case where they like had to cast the spell on a crowd and he happened to not be in the crowd because like you say the rules aren't always entirely clear with this yeah there's not as many holes i think as it appeared on a surface but yeah they're not a hundred percent like laid out right well i think we got enough on this one want to do thumbs up thumbs down i think it's magic time yeah, be fun. Yeah, I, I, mean, really have, I mean, this was this was one of those things that was kind of in that bad spot as far as like it's not enough for us to hate and it's not enough for us to love and it just kind of existed. I mean, we 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 all like mentally understand you know its relevance and its importance in you know the world and of pop culture and in Halloween, but it's just not in our wheelhouse. It's a definite meh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, and I I don't even you know I I don't. I don't have any hatred towards it at all. I, just, I don't have any love towards it. That's for sure. Like it wasn't groundbreaking, but I appreciated the uh, friendship between the three girls. And like that conflict and that little subplot was more interesting than anything. The original kid protagonist had going on, Correct. even though it wasn't like huge, 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 huge. There were no yabos. Yes. And no Thora one Bert got what they had wanted. A cameo. Was that Thora Birch should have had a cameo as a teacher or something. Yeah, no one got what they wanted by shrieking. Yeah, so that was that was important. Well, that's also kids sometimes too. So, yep. Uh, having having just lived with a girl who was fourteen and less, sometimes that just happens. Okay, put into that. that was, in, it does happen. Definitely say that was your niece. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise that sounds weird. Oh, I'd, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that's unrealistic. I'm saying it's fucking annoying. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's it is 100% true and 100% annoying and 100% realistic. Yep, all those things. So, thumbs up, thumbs down. Joel. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go thumbs up on both. I feel like uh like we already said, not necessarily our wheelhouse, but I can appreciate them for what they are. Yeah, I'm not mad that these exist or anything. Yeah, so thumbs up from me too for both. Yeah, I, I feel the same way as Joel. Like, I'm not super enthusiastic about it, but like, if nothing else, for the strength of the character design on the sisters, I would have to give this a thumbs up. Well, I am angry that these exist, so thumbs down, thumbs down. <laughs> wow, I didn't see that coming. Screw all of you. Leave the boy in the well. Oh, he's not no, flip-flopping not. either. Well, I mean, the only, the only, I, I give these. I didn't enjoy either of these. I have never been a fan, but I think maybe part of the fact that I have seen so many kids movies based on Halloween, so many of these things that I know there's a better variety out there. Yeah. You know, I know I Pat's not like actively watching stuff like this. So no, no, I'm yeah. And if I do decide I want to go watch a, like some kind of kids Halloween type movie, this is not going to be the one I'm going to go for. I don't know what it is, but it'll be something else. Right. I don't need to see this a second time. It was fine. I'm not mad I saw it, but I don't need to see it a second time. That's all. All right. So if you have your thoughts uh, about this movie or any of the other shows we've done, uh, let us know. Give us a call. 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. 
Yep. And if you're looking for our back catalog of shows, you can find them on your favorite podcast app, such as Blueberry or Pandora. If you'd enjoy the show, love us. I would love to hear about it. So go on, you know, Apple, Google, or Amazon. You can leave us a review there and support the show through the Kofi link that's in the show notes and help us uh, pay for internet costs. Joel, what do we have coming up? Well, as Octobu shuffles on, uh, next week we're going to be talking about Dahmer and the original Dahmer film uh, that starred one Jeremy Renner. Uh, we're going to be hitting the omen up and uh, when a stranger calls from inside the house. Hmm. Spoiler. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the Stranger Calls. Everybody loves a little Carol Kane horror film. You know? Yep. Well, there you have it. And uh, everybody, welcome to Octobu. Have you checked the children? Uh, I don't wanna. Which should be interesting because I have actually never seen the original Omen. Also, so I'm looking forward to that. So one good. Too. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorite horror movies. That says something right there. Yeah. I know you're plus picky. Gregory Peck. You're gonna love that part. Oh yeah. And. Patrick Troughton, the second doctor. Oh yeah. Okay. And the little kid the little kid is really creepy. He he's yes. really good. Agreed. Well, well we'll get to that. And the glass oh. scene. Mm. Everybody Oh yeah, so good. <laughs> As they go on about the omen. <laughs> Which Thank is still you for another. listening. Yeah. And we will be back next week. It's all for you, Damien. It's all for you. I'm just a button masher.